This is Stick to Sports Podcast with Noah and Logan. Truthfully, there's just been so much content that I wanted to put out. Um, whether it means college football, NFL stuff, college basketball stuff. I mean, for sure, I definitely want to get more college basketball stuff out too. And I plan to consume a lot of college basketball this uh this upcoming season because the Big East is back and obviously everything else. And there's a reason why, you know, we haven't done more college football stuff that we have done in the past. Um, I know usually, you know, you expect a weekly podcast um, regarding what's happened in the world of college football every week from us. But truthfully, I think it's a lot more fun to take it this take this approach where we do our little half season check in. You know, we didn't do our regular rankings or conference previews like we did um, at the beginning of the season. We only did uh, our hot takes and predictions, most of which are either coming true or are gigantic misses, but that's neither here nor there. But, you know, on this episode, pretty much, it's going to be a lot more narrative-based, and that's what college football is. In a couple of weeks, we're going to be looking at a... We're going to be looking at... Uh, College football ranking, college football playoff ranking, that's purely based on narrative. How good was the team that you beat? Did you beat them close? Was it a good performance? You think of, you know, even player awards in the um in college football, like the Heisman, it's very much a narrative-based award. And you know, we'll talk about the Heisman and we'll talk about everything else. But you know, Logan's not here for this podcast, but he did send a bunch of questions, and that's what this episode is: 10 burning questions. This at the midway point in the season. At this point, every team has played at least six games. Um, I, I like to think at least. I'm not sure if there's any other team that hasn't played. I'm pretty sure every team in the nation has played at least six games, whether they've won six games or not. There's only a few undefeated teams left at this point. But, you know, we're going to start with Logan's question um, that he, Logan's question that he put up. And maybe we'll hit a couple that I have, or maybe we'll jump from one to two or one to eight or whatever. But let's start. First question, who's going to win the SEC West? The SEC West is such a crapshoot. Like, looking at this team right now, Alabama sits on top of the SEC West at 4-0, 6-1 in the conference, followed by LSU and Ole Miss. It's weird, too, because LSU is ranked 19th, Ole Miss is ranked 13th, and Alabama is ranked 11th. Logan had previously said that Texas A&M could possibly be a dark horse candidate to win the SC West, and I fully agreed with him because I knew that Alabama wasn't going to be the team that they, you know, that they usually are. They're not a national championship contender, and to this point, they still haven't looked like a national championship contender. However, they have been on a five-game win streak since their loss to um, Texas. And I'm not going to say they've looked a little more composed on the offensive side of the ball. Granted, they're getting a lot. Some of their games are too close for comfort. Um, LSU. LSU has one of the better offenses in the SEC. Ole Miss, though, won up to LSU a couple weeks back after Jackson Dart just put on a master class. And then A&M, too, who still – I don't know if they've gotten there yet. They're four and three. They – I haven't won a game on the road. They're on a two-game losing streak. And truthfully, it looks like a decline for a program that has been searching for an identity and for some sign of life. I don't know who was the SEC West, truthfully. Bama is right comfortably at the top of the SEC West, and they're still like in line to win uh, the SEC West and be in the net, in the SEC Championship game. But they have some games coming up that I, I 
I can't just jot down as, you know, instant wins. If you look at, granted, they beat Ole Miss um, pretty well. They uh, beat Texas A&M. They, first off, they nearly lost that game against Texas A&M. And they only beat Arkansas, who's a terrible team, um, by three points. They have Tennessee later this week, and they have LSU back-to-back. Granted, they're both going to be at Brian Denny Stadium. But I don't know. I'm looking at this team, and I just – there's not a lot of hope that show, that I could see from from either side, you know. Like, I, do they beat Tennessee? Tennessee's D line is really good this year. Um, and granted, even though this is not the Tennessee of last year that ended up beating them, um, it's not it's not an easy game. You know, we can't look at each game and say, "Oh, Bama's going to win that anymore." We can't. You know, they don't have Bryce Young at quarterback. They don't have a Heisman contender at quarterback. They don't have a Heisman contender in the wide receiver um, core. Granted, they have some pretty good young pieces on defense, and I think there are some bright spots for this team, but this is not the Bama team that's going to, you know, um, be world beaters as like they usually are. So those that Tennessee game and that LSU game back-to-back is very interesting, and, and they have Kentucky on the road. I'm not going to say Kentucky's going to beat them because Kentucky has just looked miserable recently, but it's it's going to be tough to say. And then obviously Auburn to finish off the year. Auburn is not winning any crazy games. I don't think they even have an SC West win, um, but it's still the Iron Bowl and it's still a rivalry game. So as of now, I can't say Alabama is going to win the SC West, but if you look at LSU, let's look at LSU's schedule. Bama on the road. A Flor- then they play a Florida team that is up and down and mostly down <laughs> when we think about it. And then Texas A&M to finish off at home. Their next four games, only one of them is on the road, and it's against Bama. And, well, their next five games, because they do play Army this week. I'm not going to say it, but, you know, I picked LSU to be in the playoff this past, uh, when we were making these predictions. I don't fully believe that anymore, but at the same time, they played the you know, the hard parts of their schedule. You know, they beat a Missouri team on the road that was really good. Granted, they went to down to the wire against Ole Miss and they ended up losing that game. But I think they they the back half of their schedule is not as as is not as gaudy as the front half was. You know, they opened up against Florida State. They had to go play Arkansas. They had to go play Ole Miss on the road. They played Missouri on the road. And they've been sh- able to bounce back from the low points. So I have more confidence in LSU than I have in Bama because Bama just has those three tough games on the, on the back half of their schedule. And then if you look at Ole Miss, I've never trusted Ole Miss for anything. They played Texas A&M um, in November, and they're the only team that out uh, from – we talked about LSU, we talked about Bama. They are the only team that has to play Georgia. Like that is it. And then they have to go to Jordan here this week and play Auburn, but – they have to play Georgia. That's that's as simple as that. Like, it, it sucks because no one else has to play, and that's why the SC should get rid of divisions because nobody else gets to play anyone else until Georgia um, in the conference championship game, and I truly believe Georgia will be in the conference championship game pretty easily, but they have to go on the road to play Georgia in Athens. So that that's my only problem with, with Ole Miss. I don't think they're going to win the SC West purely because – they have that game, and they they have Mississippi State in the um, Egg Bowl. Always going to be a tough game, even though Mississippi State can't really. I don't know what they also don't have an SEC West win, but it's whatever. So right now, I'm going to say LSU wins the SEC West. Um, 
because I, I trust them. I trust that offense. Jaden Daniels is playing fantastic football right now. Um, so I trust them more than I trust Bama or I trust Ole Miss. And I, I never trust Ole Miss, truthfully. Like, I, I really don't. Jackson Dart looks good, though. Um, I'm going to save the second question because I have a question um, regarding the Pac-12. So I'm going to I'm gonna save that for later. Uh, let's talk about Texas. How will Texas respond to the Oklahoma loss? Um, Logan asked this question, and that's a great question for Texas um, fans because Texas right now sitting at eighth in the polls. People really thought after the Bama win that this was a Texas team of destiny. I truly thought this was a Texas team of destiny because, you know, they went out, they beat Bama pretty handedly. You know, they beat a good Wyoming team pretty well. They beat a Kansas team that was ranked. Granted, they didn't start their uh, – their starting QB, Jalen Daniels, did not play in that game, but they went and killed them. The Oklahoma loss was a really bad Quinn Ewers game, like a really, really bad Quinn Ewers game, so I'm not going to put too much into that. Truthfully, when the college football playoff rankings come out, I still expect Texas to be firmly in the top 10. Right now, they sit at fourth of the Big 12, which makes no sense to me, but they play Houston, this week on the road um, after the bye week this week. Actually, they think they're going to win that game. Then they play BYU. I think they're going to win that game. Kansas State might be an issue. I don't think Iowa State's an issue, and I never believed in Texas Tech, so everyone who did, I'm sorry. I I think Texas is going to be fine. I think Texas is going to be in the Big 12 championship. I I looked at this game, and I knew with the Texas-Oklahoma game and the Red River rivalry, and I truly expect both of these teams to be back. Um, in the Big 12 championship game at the end of the year, at the end of the year, because Texas played the hard games that they needed to. And this game, this team is too well-rounded to really say, oh, they're going to go on a slide after a loss to Oklahoma. The back half of their schedule is really easy. You know, they the, their road games are Houston, TCU, and Iowa State. Okay, I'm not... I'm not looking at those games. I'm going to take Texas firmly and might take Texas on the spread, whatever the spread is for either of those games for those. Um, and then Texas Tech, obviously, a rivalry game. It always, it's up in the air. Kansas State may, might be tricky. Kansas State might be very tricky. I'm, I was really high on Kansas State this year. They haven't really shown that they could be the contenders of the Big 12 like they were last year, but I was high on Kansas State. So that might be the only tricky game. But if they make it out of November 4th against Kansas State with a win, I think they're going to be right back at the Big 12 championship. Um, Even though the Big 12 is actually really close this year, um, which I don't think a lot of people expected the teams that were are good right now to be as good as they are. And nobody expected the teams that were that are bad right now to be as bad as they are. Like I thought UCF was going to be a way better team in the Big 12, but yeah, I, I think Texas is going to be back in the uh, Big 12 championship and probably playing Oklahoma because if you look at Oklahoma, they have more of a trickier schedule because they have to go play uh, Kansas on the road and Oklahoma State on the road. So, yeah, I think Logan picked Oklahoma to win the Big 12. I picked Texas to win the Big 12. I think Texas is still going to win the Big 12 and still might be in the playoff at the end of the day. Uh, so, yeah, I think Texas is – the way they respond to that loss in the Red River Red River rivalry is uh, trip it to the Big Twelve championship. So I don't I don't know what else to say. Uh, Logan asked he asked what conference, not counting the SEC, is most likely to send two teams to the playoff. I'm going to combine this with one of my questions, which was, does the ACC send two or any teams to the playoff? So we're going to make that a two parter. Okay, um, what conference can send two teams to the playoff? Let's 
let's talk about it. The Big Ten. That is a huge question when you look at Michigan, Ohio State, and Penn State, and even Iowa in the Big Ten West. And we'll talk about Iowa because Jesus Christ. Uh, if any of those teams finish with one loss, <clears throat> um, Penn State, Ohio State is this week. Uh, that's going to be a gigantic game for both programs because Ohio State has the schedule. Ohio State has a very good schedule this year um, where they could have tripped up at any spot and they could still trip up because their next three games is Penn State at home, on the road against Wisconsin, and on the road against Rutgers. And I'm not going to say Rutgers is a uh, a great team or anything like that, but Rutgers has been playing really good football. And Ohio State hasn't really shown me that they could be the team that could just go in and blow out any you know mediocre team, especially given their – Weird wins against Youngstown State and Indiana. And uh, I mean, you could say like, oh, like that, that was at the beginning of the season. But even their win against Maryland a couple weeks back was just kind of iffy. So I don't I don't know yet about Ohio State and their, you know, fortuity to win um, right now. But let's talk about Michigan. Michigan is a.k.a. my pick to win the Big Ten this year. Michigan still looks dominant as hell. You know, they beat they put up at least. 30 points in every single game this year. Their last three games, they've put up at least 45. So, you know, they don't have a real test until they go to Beaver Stadium at the end of the month and play uh, Penn State. But if you look at that, if you look at Michigan there, they play Penn State to finish, then on the road against Maryland, then they play Ohio State. What happens there? Do they go 3-0 in that situation? I don't know if that's true. Um Obviously, Michigan hasn't been able to get the better of Ohio State for the last couple of years, but could it happen three years in a row? I don't know. Uh, so let's say Penn State beats Ohio State this week. Let's say Michigan beats Penn State. And let's say Ohio State beats Michigan. One of those teams is going to be playing for a Big Ten title, and one of those teams is going to be waiting. When we were talking about the Big Ten last year, they sent two teams in Michigan and Ohio State because Ohio State was fortunate enough to not play in the Big Ten Championship and watch USC get their asses handed to them against Utah. If either of these teams have one loss, do you look and say, hey, maybe we should put uh, another Big Ten team in the playoff? Because could it happen again? Because let's say Ohio State is the one in the Big Ten Championship. If they win, that's a that's a pretty good resume for them. But let's say Michigan's in the Big Ten Championship. Let's say Ohio State is waiting with their one loss um, being against Michigan, um, but they don't play in the, uh, in the in the Big Ten Championship, but their one loss is against a top-10 Penn State team, a top-10 Notre Dame team, and let's say they play Michigan close. It's, good, it's a pretty hard case to not put them in the, the playoff because they have as good a record as anybody, and it's Ohio State. So even by name value alone, they have a lot more, like, Wait, so and two top 10 wins at the point would would also be there. Penn State, I think if you get into a situation like that, I think Penn State has the least chance to make that make it because they don't have a win as good as whoever Michigan or Ohio State would have. They don't have a good as a win as that because West Virginia, although West Virginia's looked really good, Iowa looks has looked really good. Those are good wins. There's nothing beats a top 10 win. So that's that's all I have to say about that. So Penn State would hope Penn State just needs to beat, I think, Ohio State on the road. Um, because that's the only way I see them getting in with only one loss. Um, because I like that that would that would be it. Uh 
And then you look at the Big Ten West. I don't even want to talk about the Big I mean, I have to because I, t- I literally have a question about the Big Ten West. So, you know, we just talked about the Big Ten East. What happens there? Uh, Maryland still has to play still has yet to play Michigan and they just played Ohio state and they still have to play Penn state. That could be a trap game for either team. So like, that's something to to keep an eye out. Um, so it could be the big 10 to send two teams to the playoff. I don't think the PAC 12 is sending two teams to the playoff. And we'll talk about the PAC 12, especially because they just had a gigantic win, um, a win slash loss scenario. Um, this past week, this past week was actually terrible for the PAC 12. If we're really being honest, um, does any other conference send a team to the playoff, um, two teams to the playoff? And, you know, Logo talked about the SEC. Could the SEC send two teams to the playoff? It's possible if Bama wins out. Um, I think Georgia has done enough to show that they could just, you know, get through this entire schedule and just, you know, play nobody. up until, I mean, they have to play Ole Miss, but play no one until the SEC championship game. And if they lose the SEC championship, they might get in. I, I don't see any other team any other conference setting two teams to the playoff. Now, let's talk about the ACC. The ACC is such a weird conference this year. Like, I really don't know what to make of the ACC, and we'll, we'll, we'll get into it. Let's, like, I feel like I really need to break down the ACC right now, right? As of now, the ACC has two undefeated teams and two one-loss teams. Um, everybody else... I, I'm not worried about. I mean, I should be, but I'm not worried about. Florida State, number your number four Florida State Seminoles are four and zero. Uh, they're six um, in the conference. It's six and zero overall. North Carolina still has yet to lose a game. They just got into the top ten. They just beat a ranked Miami team pretty handedly. They're also six and zero. Drake May looks really, really good. Tess Walker comes in, plays lights out in his first game, three touchdowns. That's why they wanted him to play. Duke has been pretty impressive this year with their only loss being against Notre Dame. Um, they're also a very weird team. They're, they're a very weird team. Uh, and then Louisville, my pick for uh, surprising team of the year this year, I said they'd get eight wins at least this year, and Logan looks at me like I was crazy. And now they sit at 6-1 and one, uh, seven weeks into the season. Okay, so how does the ACC play out? So let's, let's, let's talk about does the, big t- does the ACC send two teams to the playoffs? Florida State has just done so well uh, this this um, this season. They, without Johnny Wilson this past week, they went to Syracuse and they just destroyed Syracuse. Um, their only weird win was against uh, Boston College. Other than that, Clemson they they fought back against Clemson. They beat LSU. Um, earlier this year, pretty handily. They were in control of that game the entire game. And after they play Duke this week, that's going to be the primetime game on ABC. After this Duke game, there is a good chance that Florida State wins out. Why do I say that? After Duke, they have to play Wake Forest on the road. Then they have to play Pitt on the road. I understand Pitt just beat a good Louisville team, but that's either here nor there. Then the big game being Miami, which I, I don't think Miami's back, but the fact that that game is going to be in, um, if that's not, that's not going to be in Miami, that's going to be in Tallahassee, um, that's going to be huge for Florida State. And then North Alabama, and then Florida, they play Florida in the swamp. 
And I cannot make anything out of Florida. I do not understand this Florida team. This is a Florida team that has blown the doors off of good, quote unquote, good teams, but also has looked terrible against bad teams. So that that game on November 25th is what I'm going to be looking at when it comes to this team. However, that's not a conference game. So let's let's leave. Let's forget about that. If we talk about just the ACC, this game against Duke, in that's going to be in Florida State, by the way, uh, at home for Florida State. That's going to be a very important game. So if they, especially if they get a, Keon Coleman has looked good. If they get Johnny Wilson back, if they play a good game, that's going to be a fantastic win for them. And I think at that point, they can solidify themselves with a place in the ACC championship game. North Carolina. North Carolina went and played a Miami team that was top 25 in the nation and looked really good doing it. Drake May has looked really good this season. The defense has been okay this season. Granted, they haven't played a lot of good um, offensive teams. The App State game was kind of weird. That was the most points they allowed of all season. But I will say their next three games are easy. They only have to play Virginia. Um, Georgia Tech, who beat Miami. Georgia Tech, I don't even, I can't even talk about them right now. And Campbell. Though their last three games, though, against Duke, on the road against Clemson and on the road against North Carolina State, NC State. The last time I remember, Sam Howell was in the North Carolina. He was in North Carolina blue, Tar Heel blue. And he played NC State. And I thought that that was going to be Sam Howell's, like, his moment. I was really hot on Sam Howell. I think the Stick Sports Podcast ranked him as the number one quarterback that year. And I remember Sam Howell went out and completely, completely just played terribly. And NC State ended up winning that game. Your last three games being against Duke on the road against Clemson in Death Valley and then at NC State does not bode well for an ACC championship um, chance. I'm going to say this right now. If they were able to get the win, those, if they come out of that, if they come out 3-0 out of that, they should just be in the playoffs, truth be told. Um, but at this point, you could say outside of Miami, they haven't played anybody. You could say that. You could legitimately say that. And their last, their next three games don't really give them a good two. Those are all two-up games. You know, they play um, Campbell before they have to play Duke. Those last three games, I just, I don't know what to say about um, North Carolina because I have always been super high on North Carolina and Mac Brown and the Tar Heels for the last couple of years, especially when Sam Howell was wearing the jersey. I'm really high on Drake May. I really like what they're doing on defense this year. Even without Phil Longo, they look good on offense. Like they've scored 40 or more points literally four times this year. They, the offense is flowing, but they haven't played anyone. So, and again, at Georgia Tech at Bobby Dodd Stadium, that is also going to be weird too because Georgia Tech has some wins this year, like has some. Crazy win. So I'm not the ACC is just a terrible. It's it's such a garbage pile of teams and it is so top heavy. So if North Carolina gets out of the, the last three games in scathe, I would just put them in the playoff no matter what happens in the ACC championship game. Um, because those would be some fantastic wins. And then let's talk about Duke. Duke is a team that going into the season, I legitimately said Duke would be lucky to win four or five games this year. They currently sit at five and one, and they are laughing at me. 
Um, and to that, I say, why? I just, I'm sorry. I did, I just thought your your schedule was too good. They 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 opened up with Clemson. Um, and at the time when I made the prediction, Northwestern did have a coach. Um, and I saw Notre Dame, NC State, and everybody else on their schedule. So I thought that they would be, you know, pretty bad. But you know, Riley Leonard is like, okay, that defense has just been so good, and their run game has been so good because they're they're. I truly don't think Duke could win a shootout. I'm sorry. I think Duke's defense is going to win them games no matter what. And that is why I am going to make a prediction right now on this podcast. Duke is five and one right now, and they have six games left. I think they only I think they only get three wins out of the next out of the next six. I I, I truly do. Um and that's not to take anything away from what Duke has done this season and the the accomplishment that they've had because they've had so much, uh, so much success this 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 year. And I'm not going to take that away from them, but they play Florida State on the road, then they play Louisville on the road, and then they play Wake Forest, and then immediately they play North Carolina on the road, and then a trip to Virginia and Pitt. So you're telling me out of your three out of your next four games are on the road against ranked opponents. And you don't have that good of an offense. In fact, if we're really if we're really gonna like get into the nitty-gritty of the situation, um Duke's I think Riley Leonard, I think I was I was looking at it, I think he only has like three passing touchdowns or five passing touchdowns all year. Um and if you t- look at the ACC anyway. If you were to guess in in all the ACC, how many points has um has Duke scored in terms of the ACC? They scored fifty two in ACC play, um, and they, but their defense has been great because they've only allowed ten. Like their defense is that good, but they play so many good offenses on the road. Like I don't even know what to make of this team. Like. And the loss against Notre because I knew Notre Dame was Notre Dame was going to beat that because I did, I just thought Notre Dame was just too good on both sides of the ball and Duke's just not there yet and that and that loaded schedule especially on the back half is why I thought that they wouldn't have finished with more than five wins and they could just as bad just completely completely just look terrible for the rest of the year let's let's not forget that Pitt just beat Louisville with Christian Veyer at quarterback. He, the Christian Vera is going to be holding the keys to the offense for the rest of the year. So that's, that's another new team that we have to look at. So of the three teams I was just talking about with the, um, with Duke, North Carolina and Florida state, I mean, we'll get to Louisville right now. I, I would just take Duke out of the equation completely. Like I, I, nothing gets Duke, nothing gets the blue devils, but like you, you are not going to tell me that your next three out of your next four games are on the road against Ranked opponents, two of them being in the top ten, two of them being legitimately legitimate college football playoff contenders, and you're gonna and your offense is not that good. You already lost to Notre Dame. Like, I I don't know what to what you expect. I I, I don't really mean any disrespect for, to Duke fans, but there's just no way I see them coming out of this situation favorably. Um, and then let's talk about Louisville. My transfer, you, my favorite team in college football. They had a great, great start to the season, starting 6-0 with a win over NC State and Notre Dame. 
they beat Notre Dame. And then they then they proceeded to lose to Pitt. Pretty handily, too, on the road. So I, I don't... I can't really <laughs> make a, a informed decision based on off of that. But the their schedule is also pretty hefty. They have to play Duke. Um, then they have to play Miami at the end. And then they have to play Kentucky. So it's like, okay. Like... <laughs> Like I truly don't think I think Duke and Louisville they're they're good but they're this is it's literally a two man race I think for the top of the ACC which is Florida State and North Carolina and I still am back at Florida State there like legitimately I think Florida State has one game to play and and then obviously Florida um but that's more for their playoff than the ACC champion chances Florida State has done the the duty of winning the games that they need to win and if they win against Duke I truly think they're just coasting to the playoff. And the problem with Florida State, they don't have to play North Carolina. Uh, North Carolina still has to play Duke, Georgia Tech, Clemson, and NC State. Florida State has one game left. It is a one-game season for them right now. And that's usually how it is with the ACC and playoff contention. So right now, Florida State is really in the driver's seat for their own destiny, and all they need to do is beat Duke at home. Just take care of business, and that's really it. And I sound like a Florida State homer. I have a Florida State jersey in the background, but the facts are the facts. Um, I picked Clemson to win the ACC this year. So, you know, uh, yeah. And then Georgia Tech, just Georgia Tech's going to play spoiler all year. Uh, they, they will play spoiler because they could definitely, they could definitely make some noise. They might, they might give a scare to North Carolina. You know, that's, that's pretty much it. That's the only team that really, they need to worry about. Obviously they had the win against Miami. So that's neither here nor there. But yeah, I think the ACC is still a two-man race with Florida State and North Carolina, and Florida State has to only win one game while North Carolina has more more to do. You know. Uh, next question: Who is the Heisman front runner? And that's a great question, Logan. Um, I think if we're talking about obviously, if you talk about a um, preseason prediction that Logan and I both made, it was that you know the Pac-12 would have multiple um, Heisman candidates and it still would be, and they still wouldn't send any teams to the uh, playoff. And that still looks like the case. Um, I'm looking at the Heisman odds right now. Um, As it it stands, based off of Fox Sports, and I think this is uh, BetMGM, um, as it stands right now, um, odds for Michael Penix Jr. to win the Heisman Trophy stand at 140. J.J. McCarthy, Dylan Gabriel, Jordan Travis, um, all 1,000 to 1,200. Jada Daniels is also there. Um, I think it's Michael Penix Jr. And that was my preseason pick, and that'll continue to be my pick. Um, he looks so good. He is actually fantastic. He is one of the best quarterbacks in college football, if not the best quarterback in college football. And Kalen DeBoer with Washington is doing such a good job. And, you know, you have the gigantic Washington versus Oregon, where you actually legitimately had two legit Heisman finalist contenders going up against each other, and Michael Penix Jr. came out the victor. So, and I think that did a lot to help his uh, Heisman candidacy. On the other hand, let's talk about the defending Heisman champ, Caleb Williams, looked terrible against Notre Dame, and we'll talk about um, USC, but he looked terrible. Like he, that might have lost him the Heisman, honestly, um, because that was a terrible game. Um, you also have JJ McCarthy. His he's still um pretty high in the odds. 
JJ McCarthy hasn't played anybody, and even he's looked kind of terrible against certain ga- certain play um teams that he shouldn't have looked terrible against. Bowling Green, cough, cough. Uh he also only has thrown four passes in the fourth quarter. Like, if you're blowing out teams, is it really you or is it your team? Like, he, he doesn't have the stats to, to back up the Heisman debate. Dylan Gabriel, Oklahoma. I've always been high on Dylan Gabriel since he was at UCF. He's also playing really, really well, and his win against Texas really showed that. Um, and then, obviously, we talked about Jordan Travis, who really took a step back in the Heisman um, his in his Heisman campaign, but him and Jaden Daniels are also two electric players. I think Jaden Daniels more so, who's literally, I think, on pace to throw for 4,000 yards and rush for 1,000. Like, he's, like, literally on another level. But, again, I legitimately think whoever wins the Heisman, his, their team will have to be in the playoff because this year it's just so – it's so much. Uh, Bo Nix, I still think, has uh, a chance, an outside chance. And same with Drake May. But for me, it's Michael Penix Shooter. He's so fantastic. He's so good. He's so, he fits the mold of what Kalen DeBoer wants to do in um, in in Washington so well with the offense. And I think they're going to be great. I legitimately think they're going to be great uh, this year. And I still have them to win the Pac-12 and I think that's gonna I think that's gonna happen. Watch the top five of the AP poll for the first time in like six years. It's it's what a time to be alive, truthfully. Um, other than that, I don't really have anyone else really. Um I don't think JJ McCarthy should be anywhere near this list. He's nowhere near the top ten quarterbacks in the in the nation, truthfully. Um, so sorry. And then Caleb Williams, he lost it. Uh next, my question. This is my question. How bad is the Big Ten West? The Big Ten is one of those conferences that really needs to get rid of divisions. Right now, at the top of the Big Ten West is Iowa. Iowa stands firmly atop the Big Ten West. My problem with Iowa is that they are such a Big Ten football team, but I hate watching them play football. Uh, I picked Wisconsin to win the Big Ten West, uh, and that air raid offense that Luke Fickle wanted to do, I guess he forgot this is Wisconsin and Big Ten because I think they only have three receiving touchdowns all year. Uh, Logan's pick for the Big Ted um, West um, title was Illinois. And they sit at the bottom of the Big Ten West right now. The Big Ten West is literally cannibalizing each other for no apparent reason. Uh, Northwestern is winning games. Minnesota is beating teams that they shouldn't beat. Nebraska is getting wins. Why is Nebraska getting wins? Um, I think my the game that solidified to me that uh, – Iowa was going to probably, sadly, win this uh, win this division was their game against Purdue a couple of year, uh, weeks ago, where I believe Hudson Card, um, Hudson Card did play, but Iowa Cade McNamara did not, and in his place Deacon Hill, obviously, um, because I think Cade McNamara is out for the rest of the season, Deacon Hill, what is now the the starting quarterback for Iowa. So I was like, okay, their offense was supposed to take a leap with K McNamara and he's gone. So now it has to be Deacon Hill. Then they beat Purdue. And then, and then now they proceeded to beat Wisconsin in one of the biggest atrocious games I've ever seen in my life. Literally it was an insult to football, a 15 to six win in Camp Randall stadium against Wisconsin and I really don't understand 
Like Tanner Mordecai didn't even um he got hurt in this game, so I I don't I they're not gonna put up points on the scoreboard, but they're gonna win. They're probably gonna go eleven and one because if I'm looking at their if I'm looking at their games right now, they have Minnesota, who doesn't know how to score. Northwestern doesn't know how to score. Rutgers might be a problem, but they play Rutgers at home. They play Illinois at home, but though that's. I don't even want to watch the Iowa Rock, Illinois game. That is going to be. I'm I'm telling you right now, the score for the Iowa Illinois game is probably going to be fifteen to nine as well, um, because I don't see touchdowns being scored in that game. I really don't. Um, and then Nebraska to end the season on the road. So they've played most of their road games already, and they have to. But their only loss being against Penn State. <sighs> Yeah, their their offense. Brian Ferentz is not going to reach his offensive uh his offensive scoring total he needs to reach. But what are you going to do if they go eleven and one and are in the Big Ten championship? Like, what do you do with that? So I hate the Big Ten West because of that because they keep beating each other. Nebraska is getting wins against teams they should not be getting wins against. And I I was high on Nebraska. I legitimately said they'd make a bowl game, but you know they play Northwestern up next. They just beat Illinois on the road, which. I think completely kills Illinois season, truth be told. Uh, they have Purdue, Northwestern, Michigan State on the road. Michigan State, terrible program at this point. Maryland, Wisconsin, and Iowa. So I, I don't know how any of that is going to go. Um, I did say my prediction was that Nebraska was going to have a better season than Colorado. So we'll see what happens. Um, but other than that, the Big Ten West is a really bad division. And Wisconsin, it was good while it lasted, I guess. I don't know. I'm I'm just I don't want to talk about this this division anymore. I really don't. Uh so next. Let me uh let's let's go to something more like lighthearted. Let's talk about Notre Dame. Notre Dame, love Notre Dame, love Sam Hartman, love Marcus Freeman, love um Estime, who's such a fantastic running back, and I can't wait to see him play on Sundays. Notre Dame has had such an up and down season. Uh, you want to talk about starting the season? You look at their their schedule. You're like, okay, so I see you have Ohio State. I thought that was going to be a win for them, and it should have been a win for them. But you know, coaching errors. Then you have Duke the next week. They rebound on the road against Duke and win. And then you have Louisville on the road the next week. They lose to Louisville pretty handedly. And then you have USC at home the next week, and they kill USC. Defensively, they were so fantastic, and offensively, they could, couldn't be stopped. So what does Notre Dame take away from this? Because low-key, if and if they had one less loss, like if their only loss was against uh, uh, the number six Ohio State, they, you would call this team a playoff team. If Like, truthfully, you would. Um, because like the rest of their season, they play Pitt, and I guess Pitt scares everybody now. But Clemson, that's going to be a really big game on the on the road. But Notre Dame has historically been really good at Clemson recently, uh, and then Wake Forest and Stanford. It just sucks that they lost against Louisville because, and I don't know what the, I don't know what Louisville standing right now is. But when the college football rankings come out at the end of the month or at the beginning of November, whenever they come out, I forget. 
where where does the committee put them? Is like that's what I'm interested to see. Right now they're 15th in the poll. Where does the committee put the Notre Dame Fighting Irish? Do they look at the USC win, which is a fantastic win, the Duke win, which was fantastic, the close Ohio State loss, and the and and say that weighs way more than a Louisville team that's probably not going to be ranked? Like I, I really want to know where they put them. Um, and Clemson, that's going to be a huge game. So what can Notre Dame take away from this season? That Marcus Freeman is the right coach for you. Uh, granted, last year it it was bad. I I understand that a lot of people last year were very upset by this Notre Dame team because truthfully, if my team lost against Marshall, I would be really really upset. You you have to remember they started last year um zero and two because they lost to Ohio State and Marshall, and then they lost at Stanford as well, and they lost to USC. So granted, they had the Clemson win, Syracuse win, BYU win. Other than that, it was a pretty disappointing year for them. So can they look at this and say, okay, Marcus Freeman has only lost six games in the last two years, if they went out this year, of course. Alumni could look at that and be like, okay, yeah, maybe we maybe we could do something with this. Because I think it's a successful season. I, I really think it's a successful season. And we're going to look what happens after conference realignment and when the 12-team playoff comes into, uh, into account. Because that's when Notre Dame is really going to like start, I think, eating, is when they have the 12-team playoff. Because Notre Dame is one of those co- those schools where their their schedule is always great. It's always going to be like what a top 50, top 20 schedule in terms of like strength of schedule. But the fact that they don't play in a conference does hurt them a lot. So, yeah. Because you, if you don't have any silverware, if you're not playing on that night and that week before they uh, – release the bowl games and the playoff games and whatnot, then what it, What do you have to, you have no silverware. If you don't make the playoff, you have zero silverware if you're Notre Dame. So I think I like this Notre Dame team and I like Marcus Freeman. And I think he's the guy who's going to be there to really like push them to the next level. I think they make multiple playoffs in the, in the future. And I think that's what Notre Dame fans should take for the season. Uh, okay. What can I talk about before I have to get into the, the, the gigantic hellscape that is the Pac-12? Um, I mean, let's we could look at games for for this week. Um, obviously, we have Ohio State Penn State. That's going to be a gigantic game for both teams, uh, for both playoff implications and Big Ten title implications. You need to one of those teams either win that game. Whoever loses this game will not be in the Big Ten championship. Um, Rutgers has a chance to, I think, maybe touch the rankings this week. Um, after if they beat Indiana on the road, I mean, again, it's Indiana, whatever. Uh, the Vols visit. Bama, that's going to be a huge game. Uh, Alabama, one of Alabama's few tests. They, I, I, I want to see what what this team could really do. Um, I think I would take Tennessee in that one. Bam, um, Tennessee's defense is really good, and Bama's offense hasn't really shown me they could do much with it. Uh, I'm staying away from the Pac-12 games because, like I said, some underrated games that I don't think people are going to be talking about. Uh, Oklahoma State plays West Virginia. West Virginia did have a very, very, very terrible loss against um, Houston last week off of a Hail Mary at the end of the game. But West Virginia slowly but surely has been one of the better teams in the Big 12. People were talking about Neil Brown being fired by Halloween. People said he wouldn't make it to the end of September. I think Logan legitimately said Neil Brown would not make it to the end of September. But since the loss to Penn State, West Virginia has been outside of the Houston loss. They, that, they've only lost one game. They've been really, really good and quietly a really good team. So I think 
Oklahoma, but Oklahoma State has really proven that they're not the bottom of the barrel of the Big 12, and Mike Gundy's coaching a hell of a defense out there. So that's going to be a huge game in Morgantown. Uh, Ole Miss on the road against Auburn. I mean, a lot of implications there. Duke, Florida State, we talked about that. That's going to be a huge, huge game. Again, I'm staying away from the Pac-12, but now I actually have to talk about it. Clemson and Miami also is a gigantic game as well. Um, I think Clemson could find their way back into the rankings after that game. Um, and Miami can really – it's a make-or-break game for Miami. Like, what type of team are you? So we'll see because I don't, I, I don't, I don't trust anything in the ACC, honestly. Let's talk about the Pac-12. So my – Logan has a question about the Pac-12, and I have a question about the Pac-12. Logan's question about the Pac-12 is, who is the best team in the Pac-12? My question is, will the Pac-12 send a team to the playoff? The answer to the second one is pretty easy. I still think no. Um, I legitimately don't think the Pac-12 is going to send a team to the playoff because they will cannibalize each other, and that's the problem. We saw even in the smaller games with teams that aren't really going to make a difference when it comes to the Pac-12 championship, they are... Every team in the Pac-12 is looking to play spoiler, and that is the problem. Let's talk about the Pac-12. The Pac-12, just like last year, is one of the better conferences in the entire nation. Uh, they have, if not the best. Right now, they have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine programs that have at least four wins seven weeks into the season. If you want to go further than that, they have six teams that are ranked. Um, including a Washington State team that just fell out of the rankings. Uh, we'll talk about Washington State, but the Pac-12 is such a good conference. Who is the best team in the Pac-12? Well, I legitimately said whoever wins the game between the Washington Huskies and the Oregon Ducks is going to be the Pac-12 championship and might be the best team in the Pac-12. And my Pac-12 champion still stands as the Washington Huskies. USC almost lost to Arizona. It took them double overtime to get off the field against Arizona. And then the next week, they got fully dominated by Caleb Williams. And you have to think, Caleb Williams really has not played a good defense because the Pac-12 defense has been really, really bad. And it's USC defense actually played really good against Notre Dame. But, you know, when Caleb Williams throws three interceptions, his worst game of his career, not, not really the best. It's not really what you want to see. Caleb Williams has never played a good defense. Uh, and, it's, uh, and the best defenses he's played, he's lost to. If you want to talk about Notre Dame, if you want to talk about Utah twice. Uh, will USC be in the in – the, in the, Championship game. And in fact, let's let's break it down team by team because we we have to break it down team by team because how else are we gonna um really break apart the intricacies of this damn conference? <laughs> uh so we'll start at the top of the conference right now, or we'll we'll start by ranking actually. Let's start by with Washington. Washington is the highest ranked team right now at number five in the Pac 12. They have wins over Oregon. I'm leaving the silence there because that's their best win in the Pac-12. Gigantic win. I'm not going to say that's a terrible win. However, the last – their next games. I'm not even going to say the last because Stanford likes to, obviously likes to claw back. Arizona State is the worst team in the Pac-12, but you know how they be. On the road against USC. Then they play Utah. On the road against Oregon State. And then it's the Apple Cup at home. <laughs> 
against Washington State. That is, those are Washington's last four games. If, if, I, I promise you they don't come out of that unscathed, okay? So that's that's just Washington. That is literally just Washington, okay? Uh, let's talk about the next highest-ranked team in the Pac-12, the Oregon Ducks, who already suffered a loss um, in the Pac-12, and they're one of the few teams that's also suffered a loss, period, in the Pac-12. The number nine Oregon Ducks. Uh, obviously, they had a weird win against Texas Tech. Colorado, they killed. And they lost to Washington. You would think they'd get a break after losing to uh, Washington, but no, they have to play Washington State, a Washington State team that has been really good this year. Um, Then they have to play Utah on the road. Then they have to play USC, and then they finish off at Oregon State in the um, Civil War or Civil Conflict. I don't know what they call it anymore. I think think it's just Civil Conflict now. But – they all have a rivalry game at the end of the of the year, and it's not fun. That does not look fun for them. So Oregon still could make it. it I think they have a higher chance of winning out than any other team because they don't have to play. Do they have to play USC? Actually, I just I was about to make a, a statement, and I didn't even look. Do they have to play USC? The answer is yes, they do. They do have to play USC. So there's that. So, I mean, we can talk about who's going to have the easier path, but they have to play USC. So, anyway, next, next up, <laughs> let's talk about the Oregon State Beavers, who DJ, DJ Uyungle has looked so fantastic this year. But Oregon State has has been the spoiler. Outside of their loss against Washington State um, on the road by three points, they've beaten Utah. They've beaten UCLA. They only have to play Washington and Oregon to finish off their schedule. And I love how I said they only have to play. Like, that's not two top 10 teams that they have to finish off with. Their only – their defense has looked really good and their offense has been able to keep up the pace where they can win these games. But – and they also have to play Colorado on the road. Stanford, Arizona – they have to play Arizona on the road. I forgot about the Arizona game. Okay. All right. So I'm, I've just went through – Three teams, and I've already talked about multiple top 25 matchups that they have, most of them on the road. All right, next up, let's talk about let's 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 say Utah. Utah, I don't even know if Cam Rising has come back yet. And that's the problem. Um Cam Rising still hasn't played. They have to play USC on the road this week. Then they go and play Oregon. Then they play Washington on the road. What is this pack like? Okay, Utah. Utah is the only team that has to finish against uh, that doesn't finish against a ranked opponent, but they have to play these teams on the road. Like, and then finally, UCLA, who has to play. Oh, we still have to talk about Washington State, but UCLA, UCLA might be the best, might be the best uh, position here because, but they already have two losses to both Utah and Oregon State, but they're the only team that plays less than two ranked opponents for the rest of the year. And who knows with, I don't know who else, Arizona maybe, but they play USC on the road as their second to last game. UCLA might be the best position because they don't have, they've played the chunk of their schedule. They played the ranked teams at the end of their schedule. And then finally, Washington state who they're not ranked anymore. They're actually seventh in the pac 12. They just suffered two straight losses to both Arizona, who killed them, literally killed them, which 
that was an embarrassing loss, but I don't know how they bounced back from that. And they also lost to UCLA on the road. So they have to play Oregon on the road. And that's pretty much it for their hard game. Oh, Washington on the road. I forgot at the end, the Apple Cup. So the, the short answer is no, the Pac-12 is not sending a team to the playoff because they cannibalize each other. Literally every team I just mentioned has to play a ranked team um, or more on on the road or more um, in the next in the next couple of weeks. And that's the problem with the Pac-12. The Pac-12 cannibalizes each other, and you don't know who's going to win any day. You Nobody expects the USC and um, Oregon to lose this week, but they did. And then, you know, Arizona loves, loves to play spoiler. Like I said, they took USC to the brink, and then they followed that up by killing Washington State on the road. So they have to play o- Oregon State this year. Um, this week that or next week they have a bye week they play Oregon State coming off a bye week at home then UCLA at home and then Utah at home Washington State might be in the best position because their next their three ranked games that they have to play are all at home so actually I'm going to put Washington State as the best upset person and take them against this run no matter what you're doing so the Pac-12 is not setting a team to the playoff point blank period but they're going to send multiple guys to New York because they have just some of the best quarterback talent in the entire country that's all for the narratives I had, honestly, this week and the questions. Not not a lot more questions to be answered, and we'll see what happens this week in Penn State, Ohio State, and all the other SC games and whatnot. Pac-12, again, is a crapshoot. I, I don't know what to say about that. Follow us on all DSPs. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, anything you really get your podcasts on. Look at all our stuff on at 6 Sports on um, podcasts on Instagram. Look at all our stuff on Twitter at 6 Sports, at, on TikTok at 6 Sports. Um, I don't think we have a threads, uh, six sports network.com, obviously online. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Truthfully. Uh, this has been a blast talking college football. Um, I will see you guys at some point next week. I mean, next episode with Logan, of course, but thank you so much for listening. This is stick to sports podcast with Noah and Logan.